This is God Alive. This is the Exalted Pile Driver. This is Criff. I mean Arnold. This is Alex and Nick from Tyrannonaut. Greetings from the far Siberian deeps. Here is Peter of Isgerur Morph. This is Zeke Evil from Natal Craft. This is Nick from Hessian Farm. This is Jason from Sulaco. I'm eating a plain cheeseburger. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation. It's Brian Mason from Charmer, Sulaco, and Contrarian. Maybe BML. What's up? This is Sully. This is Mama Nat. Hey, this is Rick Dorf from Wolfpack 44, the Electric Hellfire Club, and Coven. This is Richie from Grave Huffer. And we're Immortal Possession, and you're listening to
Starting off episode 244 was Valkyrie AD from Binghamton with the song Seance, and that is off of the just-released Curse EP. Then after that, we heard Beguile, The Vulnerable, into subservience by Dissonant Seepage, and that is off of their The Darkness Will Swallow You Whole release. Cool. Dissonant, you have the opportunity to see Dissonant Seepage on Friday the 22nd at the Bug Jar alongside Humiliating Moan and Wild Hexen closing it out. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I came across something and realized I didn't know the origins and I'm curious to know if you do. Okay. Do you know the history of the middle finger? Nope. All right. Um, well, now here's something I never knew before. And now that I have come to know it, I feel compelled to share with my now, more intelligent. Now, is this the history of the finger itself? Or, or the gesture. Or the gesture, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel compelled to share with my more intelligent friends in the hope that they too will feel edified. Isn't history more fun when you know something about it? Before the Battle of Agincourt in 1415, the French, anticipating victory over the English, proposed to cut off the middle finger of all captured English soldiers. Um, Without the middle finger, it would be impossible to draw the renowned English longbow, and therefore they would be incapable of fighting in the future. Huh. This famous English longbow was made of the native English yew tree, and the act of drawing the longbow was known as plucking the yew, or pluck yew. Huh. Much to the bewilderment of the French, the English won a major upset and began mocking the French by waving their middle finger as the defeated French, saying, See, we can still pluck you. <sighs> Since pluck you is rather difficult to say, the difficult consonant cluster in the beginning has gradually changed into fuck you. (laughs) That is weird. I would not correlate one with the other at all. So there you have it. Since 1415. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. Pluck you. Um, it's amazing to me we talk about this a lot how often we use phrases and sayings and do gestures and we have no idea where they came from yeah yeah that's one of them um kind of tying into that but not I there's a, a a recent story on uh, a discovery made of a subspecies of dolphin that <laughs> what yeah <laughs> that were discovered um i think this was near greece um with opposing thumbs we always talk about like that's the difference between like animals and people is they don't have Closing thumbs, right? Yeah, we always tell lady. Yeah. 
If only you had thumbs. I guess some have thumbs, but anyways, these dolphins were found to have a thumb on their flipper. But it turned out, unfortunately, they're, I guess they're really exciting, uh, excited about this finding, but it turns out that it was like a, they think a genetic mutation and not like they're rising up with thumbs oh uh, yeah to we're take over the world right we're killing them with pollution <laughs> instead of them morphing into something cooler i also found something else that you probably are already aware of because you're way up on the stuff uh there is a new special coming to a and e on january 4th at 9 p.m eastern uh, Casey, Casey Anthony's parents will be taking lie detector <laughs> tests on, on the show about the case. Apparently, they want to cash in. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh, they want more money. Yeah. That entire family is something. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if I want to support that. <laughs> you know we're going to watch it. At I least don't know. I don't know that I care. They're all liars. <clears throat> It says that the parents agreed to take the polygraph after the uh, last year's three-part series, Casey Anthony, Where the Truth Lies. Um, she pointed a lot of fingers at her father during that. So I'm guessing he wants to redeem himself. Yeah. And cash in. And, yep. <laughs> <clears throat> so what else is going on over there um well i was trying to find that book that you sent me hmm. the name of it but you found an interesting local mm -hmm. true crime yes story and um the woman in the middle of all of it wrote a book yes and so far it's fascinating and i can't put it down it's called uh, a jacket off the gorge she's doing a it reads almost it's not some true crime books almost read like a thesis yeah but she is doing a really good job of adding color mm. and background and putting personalities around these I want to say characters but they're not because it's a true story yeah but it's cool to read a book where you know like they're talking about Wayne County and Ontario County yeah. and um you know this the guy at the center of all this has like this laundry list of crime yeah like a rap sheet mm -hmm. and at one point like he ditches a a stolen van in Rochester um, and he leaves it running and he leaves the windows down and then he goes home to uh, Sodas Point or wherever he was living at the time mm -hmm. knowing that somebody was going to jump into that van and take off with it. So now somebody else has stolen it, not mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even gotten to like the crazy parts of it. Mm -hmm. So, so I'll have to keep you posted. Okay. So what I know about, which is less than you do, 
about the story is... No, at this point, you know more. Oh, should I not say then? No, no, it's... I mean, a jacket off the gorge. So apparently the author that wrote the book dated this guy. Fell in love with him. Years after he apparently faked his death at the Letchworth Gorge. I think that was in 2004. She met him years later. 2011. That's when she met him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. And she didn't know any of this and kind of got roped into like all of the madness. Right, right. And then she apparently, we watched an interview with her. She brings us right up to like 2021. So we find out like where he is, what's happened to him. Mm Mm-hmm. But I didn't want. I didn't research anymore because I don't want to know. I want to mm-hmm. read the book. Apparently, there's some stolen uh, jewelry or coins or something that are worth like a whole lot of money that are hidden somewhere. Um, and I guess he's the only one that knows where they are. Huh. Yeah. Um, I saw a short interview on. I think it was ch- our local channel ten. I what? think it was thirteen, actually. Okay, whatever you want. <laughs> Th- thirteen is fine. <laughs> Um, but they asked, uh, some questions about certain things. They asked where he was now and she said, you have to read the book? So I don't know where he is now either. Yeah. If he's alive or what's going on. Yeah. So I have to keep you guys posted because it's so riveting. (laughs) I don't know. People like true crime and local true crime. Yeah. is always interesting. Yeah. All right. You ready to play some yes, tunes? Yes. All right. Looks like we're going to kick it off with Sinistrum with the song Infernal Dawn. And this is the title track of their upcoming release, scheduled for February 4th on Adirondack Black Mass. Yes. And then after that, Progeny of Sun from Finland with the song Dweller off of their debut album that is out now on Inverse Records. <laughs>
All right, in this installment of What Did Ken Make Jen Watch This Week, I was blessed to have seen There's Something in the Barn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What's, um, what's his name from mm. Freaks and Geeks? Mm. Martin. Yeah, Martin Starr. Is yes. it Starr? yeah. So you liked him, so you were drawn to the movie. I'm entertained <coughs> by his characters, usually. The, he was not the normal no. character. Uh-uh. He was not Guilfoyle, that's for sure. All right. I mean, it, it was... I don't know. I, I was entertained by it. I didn't hate the movie. Um, we rented it, I think, for five ninety nine, I believe. Uh-huh. Um... Is it worth paying for? Eh, probably not. Not great by any means, but it's like a goofy comedy horror Christmas kind of movie. Hey, we can say we watched a Christmas movie this year. Yeah, yeah. We also watched um, A Christmas Story Christmas a couple weeks ago, I think. Oh, yeah. Which I love the first one, and they I thought they did a good job. They did. Not to turn this into a... A review. Cisco and Ebert Christmas <laughs> review. Um, but yeah, I thought they did a good job on, uh, you know, staying true, true-ish to the original. Yeah, form. they did. Yeah, it was going to be hard to beat the original, no matter what they did. But yes. they did a good job. But I was going to say, uh, when we were watching There's Something in the Barn, they play a lot of Christmas music throughout mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, like traditional Christmas music, and it it made me think of a childhood memory, mm-hmm. and it kind of made me chuckle. We were um, decorating the Christmas tree, and I was really young, and my mom had Christmas music on, and I don't remember what traditional Christmas song it is, but they sing uh, "Bring Me Some Figgy Pudding." Mm-hmm. I don't know, is it "We Wish You a Merry Christmas"? I don't know what it is. But they sing like, now bring me some figgy pudding. Mm-hmm. And I, as a kid, like I was little, and I started singing the song as we were decorating the tree. And I said, now bring me some fucking pudding. Because <laughs> I thought that's what they said. <laughs> and my mom lost it. Like she laughed. Like I didn't get in trouble, but she's like, that is not <laughs> the word. <laughs> that's funny. And then it kind of brought me, I used to say when I was really little, um, instead of saying I'm so tired, I would say, Mom, I'm so busy. (laughs) And she would know like it was time to put me to bed. (laughs) Hmm. So ever since then, throughout my entire life, whenever we listen to Christmas music, we would sing, now bring me some fucking pudding. Mm -hmm. That's my story. Yeah, I don't know that you've, Ever told me that. Really? Yeah. I don't know that I even like thought about it until I heard that song. Something just, I don't know. I heard the song in the background and it just made me chuckle. Mm. Brought me right to that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few times over the years that she was singing that <laughs> like at Christmas time. And you never told me like what the reference Because was. that's just been my life. That happened when I was like four. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it just became I don't know 
I feel like that is if anyone ever, if any of my friends ever came over during Christmas, that's the weird thing that we would do. You know, last week we talked about mm -hmm. things that people do in their houses when you sleep over. Mm -hmm. That would have been mine probably. Sorry, that was a bit no, no. of a tangent. <clears throat> That's all right. Um, I was going to talk about something, but... Yeah, let's talk about it. I don't feel right about it now. Why? Because... No, go ahead. No, it's weird. No, it's not. Go no, ahead. It's weird. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's not weird. We're not doing it. <laughs> Why? It's not weird. We're not doing it. I have some uh, U.S. customs that baffle the rest of the world. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> in America, public bathrooms are free, right? But apparently in a lot of places in Europe, you have to pay to use the bathroom. It says it usually costs around a dollar and change to gain access. I bet they're better maintained, though. And I bet you they pay lower taxes. That's another, um, yeah. <clears throat> um, another one is, uh, the flag. Like, seeing the flag fly at people's homes or businesses. Um, and in France, this is associated with nationalism. And in the UK, flying a flag outside your home would be considered embarrassing and just not done. Huh. <clears throat> um, college sports apparently are very popular here, not so much in other countries, according to this. Gar garbage disposals, very popular in the U.S., apparently not so much in other countries. Only 5% of the U.K. homes have garbage disposals. Wow. Yeah. Kind of funny. It's the first thing we did when we moved in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw what you did at the fucking apartment we came from. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, this one I can really relate with. Uh, asking what you do for like a living is very common here. Apparently, in other countries, this is considered insulting. Um, and I they, I wonder, does it say why it's considered insulting? Yeah, they say like um, uh, like if you're at a dinner party and uh, <coughs> guests are asked what they do for a living, and one says they're a lawyer and the other says they're a janitor, are you going to treat them differently? Huh. You know interesting. I, mean? <clears throat> I I don't like that. Well, I don't like small talk. Like, I don't like talking about the weather mm. or work or, um, but I don't like it because it's like, well, there's so much more to me than like what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, there should be, right? Like that, that's the question. That's what you want to know about me? <laughs> right. There should be. But I think, um, like here, I think that's. I don't know. It's completely normal. Yeah. Um, 
the Ukraine and Russia, it's traditional to sit down as a family for a few minutes before leaving on a trip. This grants good luck on the journey and leaves an opportunity to remember anything you may have forgotten. Like that would not be done here. No. I like that though. Yeah. Um, sitting in the back of a cab or Uber in different countries is considered insulting or disrespectful to the driver. And that is very standard here. And I, I feel like it would and be... And preferred. Yeah. I feel like it would be insulting and uncomfortable for the driver here if you were to sit in the front seat. So I always remember before COVID, I always did that. Yeah. I would just jump in the front seat and have a conversation with the person. And ever since COVID, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's welcome. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, on work days, 53% of Americans get fewer than seven hours of sleep. Those numbers are considerably lower in other Western countries, 39% in the UK, 36% in Germany, 30% in Canada, and 29% in Mexico. Um, less than half of Americans cremate their dead. In highly populated countries like India and Japan, the cremation rate is almost 100%. Yep. That makes sense. <clears throat> um. The uh, like a rehearsal dinner for a wedding is largely a U.S. thing, I guess. I don't know why they put this in here, but they said red solo cups. Everyone in the U.S. knows what that is. Apparently, uh, they're not. It's like, not a thing. Not a thing in other countries. <clears throat> I like this one. <clears throat> um. And and I felt this way too, like when I used to travel a lot for work and people were, I know you read something recently that said Rochester was a very friendly city. I disagree. One of the friendliest. I disagree. But like, I remember going to other states and other areas of states, especially in the South, and people would just be friendly and say hi to you or like just talk to you. Yeah. And like they were just gen genuinely being kind, and I I remember being uncomfortable by it at first, like thinking, "What what's this fucking person want? Are they trying to rob me?" <laughs> That's so <laughs> smug. Uh, this one says about uh, there's nothing universal about uh, the automatic smile you get from a waiter or a cashier in America. In Russia, for instance, a polite smile is seen as artificial and strange. Russian etiquette would rather you keep a serious, even grim face. I think they, a lot of cultures are like that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done. They tend to associate easy smiles with negative qualities like insincerity and secretiveness. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this one says the U.S. works too much. Americans work almost 25% more hours than Europeans 137 more hours per year than the Japanese and 499 more hours per year than the French. Americans retire later and take fewer vacations than most other countries. And I've heard this before. Yeah. Um, I remember doing a, a previous job 
I did. It was it was like a automation machinery building mm-hmm. kind of thing, and I remember we were we were working on this project with a German company, and there was a period like they just didn't work for like three months of the year and part of our project was like intersecting with that time frame and like they were just gone yeah so i am now dealing with that at work actually really um i work from people with people from all over the globe Mm -hmm. um apparently in all of australia they take their vacation in month-long increments. So when you take a vacation, you are away from the office for a month. They don't log in. They don't check in, which is how vacation is supposed to be. Mm. So I, I, I found that to be interesting. I don't think I'd do well with that. No. Yeah, I need... Both of us need to stay mm. in some sort of I do routine. like yeah, I do like structure and routine and patterns and yes. then like I can adapt to a new pattern, but that's going to be my new pattern. Yes. Not working. Yes. <laughs> Staying up until four o'clock yep. in the morning when we're normally getting up for work. Yeah. Uh, I have one last one. Okay. This is a uh, black cats crossing your path uh, being bad luck in the U.S. In Germany, they have a different take on this. It's only bad luck if they cross your path from right to left. If they cross from left to right, this is considered good luck. Oh, okay. Oh, look who it is.
All right, Grandma brought us some hardcore this week. Uh, that was Rational Animals from Rochester with the song Eye to Eye from the Rotcore compilation that was released by Real Time Records in 2010. Cool. That is available on Bandcamp. Thanks, Grams. All right, what I was going to talk about last segment was not this. <laughs> Have, <laughs> Have you heard of Brain GPT? No. Uh, this is interesting. This is a new technology being developed. Oh, good. Can't wait. Of, yes. Uh, this is out of, uh, looks like it's out of the University of Technology, Sydney's Graphene X UTS Human Centric Artificial Intelligence Center. Whoa. Okay. This technology is measuring basically measuring brain waves and <clears throat> transferring thoughts into text on screen which is really fascinating and really horrifying at the same time. <laughs> um, so apparently they these test subjects would wear like a uh, It looks like a fitted kind of fabric helmet kind of thing that would measure their brain waves and then translate that to text on screen. Um, then it says currently the translation is about 40% accurate, which isn't great, but it's still it's it's still interesting. Yeah. Um, the researchers say that <clears throat> they think uh, a lot of the errors are from how the brain processes words. Um, and semantically, similar words might produce similar brainwave patterns. Because this device is translating the patterns mm. of the brainwaves, I guess, into text. Um, they believe they can get accuracy up to 90%. And what do they plan on using this for? I don't know. I, you know, I thought, I thought how interesting the Jason Becker documentary was with how his father helped develop the system for them to communicate where he would move his eyes um, to point to different mm -hmm. things yeah. on a screen, and they could they communicate it that way. Now, this could potentially be that is a great thought. <clears throat> I was thinking maybe people in um, comas, yeah, because they still have brain wave mm -hmm. activity. I mm -hmm. would assume, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if they could really develop this to be really accurate. It could be used for some really interesting things. Like, think of, like, the ju judicial system using it, like, instead of a lie detector test, using this thing. Like, instead of Casey Anthony's parents <laughs> oh, taking boy. a lie detector test, they put these helmets on. <laughs> You've been watching too much TMZ. I don't know. <laughs> 
That is a thought, though. Yeah. I don't know. This, <clears throat> these technology advancements are... It's... I don't know. It's, it's really... I think it's good in the right hands. Yeah, but they're... But whose hands are right? That doesn't happen, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. Um, I did see something else on a... I'll just mention what it is, but I won't really go into great detail on it. Um, <clears throat> apparently, there's a, a a global news network that's powered 100% by generative AI that is launching in 2024. And... I guess people can like personalize their news <clears throat> and this it's all aggregated I guess by AI the 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 newscasters that you see on screen are all AI whoa they can instantly change languages like they could be talking English and just switch to Korean <clears throat> um uh, I don't know. It's it's really freaky. Like I saw a clip of there's a, a preview clip of uh, I guess we could put a link to it if you want or not. I don't know. I'll say what it, it's a uh, it's channel one AI is what this is called. Huh. Channel num the number one and then dot AI. Um, but they claim that, oh, don't worry, the, the, the news stories won't be AI influenced at all. They won't be fake. We're only going to draw from trusted news sources. The, what, does that exist? There's no fucking trusted news sources. <laughs> They're all biased. They're all, no, I don't want to rant, but... Yeah, I think we should go into songs. All right. <laughs> All right, first we're going to listen to Florida's Hellfrost with the song Bloodshot off of their latest self-titled release, which is out now on Curtain Call Records. Then we are going to go into Deconsecration with the song Galvanize off their latest release, Crip Lurker, out now on Chaos Records. And after that, I've been a fan of this band since the Spectrum of Death release in 1990. Morbid Saint is back with the song Swallowed by Hell, which is the title track off of their upcoming record that is being released by High Roller Records on Feb 9th. <laughs> Step into the river of 
right, I got a story for you. Ohio man on his deathbed reveals to wife and daughter he was a fugitive who robbed a bank. Hmm. And it reminded me of you and all of your deathbed secrets you have for me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Ashley Randell's father, Thomas, revealed that his real name was Ted Conrad. In 1969, Ted Conrad stole $219,000 from a bank in Cleveland where he was working as a teller. Um, Thomas was dying of lung cancer at the age of 71 when, out of the blue, he admitted he once lived under a different name. This is a quote. Mom, Dad, and I were in the living room watching NCSI, and he just sort of, out of the blue, calmly said, Well, ladies, just in case something comes up after I pass, I just need to let you know that I changed my name when I moved here. Nobody can know. The authorities might still be looking for me. Wow. Ashley demanded to know his real name. He said, Quietly, if I tell you, you have to promise you won't look into this. He said it was Ted Conrad. In 1969, Ted stole 219000 from a bank in Cleveland where he worked as a teller. On the Friday before he turned 20, he filled up a bag with cash and walked away never to be seen again. In today's dollars, he would have taken almost $2 million. With his new wealth, Conrad started a new life. He bought a penthouse apartment in Boston, played golf, and became a car salesman. Ashley says by the time her father married her mother, the money was almost gone. All during this time, he was being sought after. America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries both featured the stories. A father and son team of U.S. Marshals out of Cleveland made it their mission to capture him. We followed leads all over the country and sometimes even the world, U.S. Marshal P. Elliott said. Elliott says he does not believe he ever came close to finding the robber's identity. Now the daughter is telling the story on a podcast, Smokescreen, My Fugitive Dad. Hmm. What year did he do this? I believe it said 69. Let me scroll back up. Yep. 1969. Hmm. And if he invested that money, he could have done something with it. Instead of squandering it. I wonder what he did do with it. He bought a penthouse and played golf every day. And that was it. Yeah, I think he just spent it. Mm. And then once he was out of that, he was like, all right, I got to shack up with some lady. <laughs> Change my name. Yeah. <laughs> Says here, Ashley's father died two months after he revealed his secret. Ashley and her mother did not reveal his true identity until after he passed. It was, it was. That's what my deathbed confession is going to be uh, like an episode of Get Smart. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you some like really riveting information. And then when it comes to like naming people, I'll be like, it, it was, it was. And, and then you'll it. take your last breath. That'll be it, yep. You'll never know. <laughs> it's pretty crazy you got away with it, though. Especially when 
two U.S. Marshals made it their mission to find this guy. Yeah. Yep. This guy was good friends with D.B. Cooper. Do you <laughs> do you think it's better that he told them before, or for them to find out after? They might have never found out. Yeah. How it's would, very likely they wouldn't have. How would they have known? Yeah, it's a good, good question. Hmm. I might have like if I was him, I might have left a letter or something. Hmm. Maybe. Okay, I feel like this is some foreshadowing. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what his motives were. Did he just feel like, oh, I have to redeem myself? Maybe. If I tell this, I'll go to heaven. <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean,. Probably more for his daughter. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of families have like odd secrets. <laughs> Maybe not like th- to this level, but I think there's a lot of. I don't know. Yeah. You oh. know, I always say I will never do one of those DNA things because mm-hmm. I know there's stuff lurking out there Mm -hmm. and sometimes things are better left unknown Mm -hmm. sometimes ignorance is bliss (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right let's end with three songs and while we listen to these songs i'm gonna decide what awful movie i am gonna subject you to can't wait today all right first up is mihala with the song war from their upcoming EP, Sons of Alahim, due out in 2024 on Inverse Records. And then we're going to go into Black Flow with the song Iron to Rust off of the Seeds of Downfall album. And this has been released on the 15th on Personal Records. And then wrapping up the show will be Angronost from Portugal with the song Corcunda da Prata Gebosa e Fois do Mago. And that is coming off of the album Magna Lua Ordem Mystica. <laughs> the label, you ask, is EAL Productions. And that is out now. And I believe that is being distributed worldwide by no FDA. Until next time. Next time will be the Christmas themed episode, right? Yes. Where you get to hear my favorite Christmas song. Yep. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And pluck you.
Ты хвалишь за пиво Ты в поиске, что ли?